0: This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. Now, if you have your place in the Bible, Exodus chapter 20, in just a few moments I'm going to begin reading verses 1 through 8. And so if you're looking and you're following along with me in Exodus chapter 20, I want you to begin reading with me in verse number 1. I want to refresh you and I want to review these verses that we have already covered in the prior commandments that will lead us into this one this morning. So beginning with verse 1 in chapter 20. And God spake all these words saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me, and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. This morning I'm speaking on the holiness of Sabbath day. I don't know about you, but my heart has been refreshed in the study of these Ten Commandments. For me, I don't know if you feel the same way, but for me, anything that I study in God's Word where I do not study it often, When I get to it, somehow it makes me always want to know more than I did before. I don't know if that's you or not. But whenever I'm reading something, I'm not always referencing. I'm refreshing my heart and mind with some of the truths that I have known before, but always looking for new marvelous truths in the Word. And I hope that would be you as well. This morning, we're going to focus our attention on the fourth commandment. And again, I want to thank Brother Craig and Sister Ann Roberts for beautifully decorating and making these tablets this morning to use as an illustration. In Exodus chapter 20 and verse number 8, there's an interesting commandment. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Holy. As I have already mentioned to you before, the first four commandments revolves around our relationship with God. The remaining six deals with our relationship with one another. But as I think about this fourth one, and it's relationship that we have with God here is how you can look at it and apply that to your life the first commandment tells us that we are to worship only Jehovah God the second commandment tells us how to worship him correctly so you see the first commandment tells us who to worship the second commandment tells us how to worship And the third commandment tells us that we are to worship and reverence Jehovah with the utmost respect. And the thing that we're going to see this morning is that the fourth commandment tells us that we are to worship Jehovah faithfully and on a regular basis. And I want you to listen carefully to this. And let me be clear with something this morning. This is not a politically correct sermon. And by the way, I'm not a politically correct preacher. So politically correct preachers don't preach politically correct sermons. Right. Right. Amen. Amen? So you need to, there will be some places and points and times you have to remember he's not politically correct. Right. These commandments were given. To humanity under what is called the dispensation of the law now you have to remember that the dispensation of the law obviously under the age of the law that was a time known to man before the crucifixion and the bodily glorious resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ Here's the thing that you have to remember when you come across these Ten Commandments and especially one like this, remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. We are not living under the law today. That was under the old dispensation. Today, we are living under what is called the dispensation of grace. And so I want you to remember that. Let me explain to you something. This morning, we are not worshiping on the Sabbath day. And I know someone may think in their mind or watching by internet, well, wait a minute, pastor. Aren't we guilty of breaking the fourth commandment? Does not the word of God clearly say, remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy? Now, I want you to pay very close attention to the word this morning. Because you see, yesterday, Saturday, was the Sabbath day. Today, we are worshiping on the Lord's day. And let me explain something to you. And normally, I would do this and have done it in our Bible prophecy series in January. There is a huge difference between the Lord's day and the day of the Lord. They're not the same. The day of the Lord is when the Lord Jesus comes back to this earth after the seven years of tribulation. He will come back with his saints The Bible says in Zechariah chapter 14 and verse number 4, and in that day his feet will stand upon the Mount of Olives. When Jesus comes back to this earth after the rapture, after the tribulation, when he comes back in the Revelation, the Bible says when he stands upon the Mount of Olives, the mountain will cleave in two. The Lord Jesus will lead the hosts of heaven down the slopes of the Mount of Olives, across the Kidron Valley, through the Eastern Gate. And that is when and where Jesus will rule in person on this earth from the throne of David for the period of 1,000 years. That is the day of the Lord. So don't confuse the day of the Lord with the Lord's day. Now, if you would look at Exodus chapter 20 and verse number 9, I want to read through verse 11 for you. The Bible says this, and this is where we really have to focus our attention. Six days shall thou labor. You might want to just underline the word labor. That is a significant part of the Sabbath. Six days shall thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in, in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and hallowed it. Now, first of all, let me explain something to you. If you want to learn how to study the Bible correctly, there are some important things that you need to just get embedded in your heart and your mind. In order not to take the Bible out of context, you have to know the who, what, when, where's, and hows of what that verse is talking about. Otherwise, somebody can just pick out a scripture out of the air and use it for any given situation and try to make it apply for your life today and could be taking it totally out of context and leading you down a dark, blind alley. So by you knowing the who, what, when, where's and how's of a passage of scripture helps you tremendously to understand the truth of God's Word. Now when you get to a scripture like this, let me ask you first of all, who, who was God speaking to when these verses of scripture were communicated to man? The truth of the matter is he was speaking to the nation of Israel. At this particular time, there was no such thing as the New Testament. At this particular time, there was no such thing of the local New Testament church. Now, listen carefully. New Testament Christians do not worship on the seventh day. New Testament Christians, you and I as born-again believers, we worship on the first day of the week. And let me explain this to you. First of all, you have to understand that the word Sabbath means rest. And that's very important to understand when you come across the scripture. Remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. The word Sabbath means rest. Now here's the thing. And if you get this, you will get the rest of the message. The Sabbath was a commandment that was given entirely to the nation of Israel and alone. It was a holy covenant that God made between himself and the Jew. You say, well, how do you know that, preacher? Look at Exodus 31. And I'm going to read for you beginning in verse number 12 through verse 17. You see, if you miss this point right here, you will never understand this commandment. Remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. It was a commandment given to the nation of Israel and to them alone. Exodus 31 beginning in verse 12. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak thou unto the children of Israel. Now, first of all, let me clarify something. You you and I are not the children of Israel. We are Gentile believers. He is saying, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbaths ye, the children of Israel, shall keep. For it is a sign between me and you. God said this was a ceremonial, this was a covenant between him and the Jew. He said between me and you throughout your generations that ye may know that I am the Lord that doth sanctify you. Ye shall keep the Sabbath. He's talking to the Jewish people, he's talking to Uh, The children of Israel, ye shall keep the Sabbath, therefore it is holy unto you. Everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death, for whosoever doeth any work therein, that soul shall be caught off from among his people. Six days may work be done. Again, I emphasize work, we'll get to that in just a moment. But in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest. Sabbath means rest. Holy to the Lord, whosoever doeth any work in the rest day or the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Wherefore, the children of Israel, look carefully, it has nothing to do with Gentiles. Wherefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. It is a covenant between God and the Jew. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. It does not pertain to Gentiles. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day, the Sabbath day, he rested and was refreshed. Now, it's clear as you look at these passages of scripture That worshiping God on the Sabbath day was a covenant between him and the Jewish people. It's plain as day, okay? Now, why is it, preacher, that we worship on Sunday? Why is it that we as local New Testament Christians, believers, worship on Sunday? Well, there's several reasons. First, take your Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 16, and I'm going to read verse 2 and verse 9. Mark chapter 16, verse 2 and verse 9. Not 2 through 9, but 2 and verse 9. Here is reason number one why we as local New Testament believers worship on Sunday and not the Sabbath day. One, in Mark chapter 16, verse 2, the Bible says, and very early in the morning The first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. Now, the point I'm going to make is this. We worship on Sunday because Jesus Christ was raised from the dead on the first day of the week. That's why we worship on Sunday, number one. That's verse two. Now, look at verse nine. Now, when Jesus was risen early, the first day of the week, He appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. Okay? The first reason why we as local New Testament believers worship on Sunday is because that is the day that the Lord Jesus Christ was gloriously bodily resurrected from the dead. The second reason is found in John chapter 20. And I'm going to read verses 19 through 20. Verse 19 and 20. John chapter 20, verse 19 and 20. The second reason that we worship on Sunday as New Testament believers is because that Jesus met with his disciples after his resurrection on the first day of the week on Sunday. In John chapter uh, chapter 20, verse 19, the Bible says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. Verse 20. And when he had said, so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. So the second reason is because Jesus, after his resurrection, met with the disciples on the first day of the week. The third reason is, is because of Acts chapter 20, verse number 7. You can get to that scripture and they'll get it on the screen. Acts 20, verse 7. And the reason is this, because the Apostle Paul assembled believers together on the first day of the week. The Apostle Paul assembled believers together on the first day of the week. Acts chapter 20, verse 7. The Bible says, and upon the first day of the week, Sunday, When the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. So on Sunday, Paul assembled local New Testament believers together and had services. The fourth reason we meet on Sundays is because of 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 through 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 through 2. And the point is this, because that is the day of the week that tithes and offerings were received. The first day of the week, Sunday. Tithes and offerings were received. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 1 and 2, Now concerning the collection for the saints... As I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, Sunday, let every one of you, not just some of us, all of us that are born again believers are required to tithe. And it says this, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him. Hath prospered him that there be no gatherings when I come. All right, now I've given you four imperative reasons why we as local New Testament believers worship on Sunday. And here's an easy way for you to understand it. The Old Testament Sabbath day was a reminder of God's finished work of creation. But the New Testament Lord's day is a reminder of His finished work on the cross. Can you understand that? The Sabbath day was a reminder of his finished work of creation. The Lord's day is a reminder of his finished work on the cross. The Old Testament Sabbath was a display of God's power. But the Lord's day is a reminder of his grace. The Sabbath day reflects the work of God's hand. The Lord's day reflects the work of God's heart. The Sabbath day was given to Israel. The Lord's day was given to the local New Testament church. Now, you know and I know that there is a huge group of people in the world today who call themselves Seventh-day Adventists. And listen carefully the truth of the matter is this you can worship God on any day of the week you want to and I would recommend that you do whatever but in my opinion because of everything that I've just mentioned to you it is in my opinion after studying God's word that the seventh day Adventists are living on the wrong side of the cross now you think about that just for a minute that's possible and people do it When Jesus died on the cross, listen carefully, He completely did away with the Old Testament ordinances. You say, well, I I don't know that I've ever seen that in the Scripture. Colossians chapter 2, turn there quickly, and I'm going to read for you verse 14 through 17. Colossians chapter 2, verse 14 and 17. You and I today as born-again believers, we are not under the law. And so it is in my opinion that the Seventh-day Adventists live on the wrong side of the cross. Colossians chapter 2, beginning in verse 14, look at this. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us which was contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink, which by the way, a lot of that was contained in the law, or in respect of a holy day, or of the new moon, or of the Sabbath days. Which are a shadow of things to come. And I'm going to give you that explanation in my conclusion. But notice that carefully. Which are a shadow of things to come. But the body is of Christ. Now there's a little explanation of the day of the Sabbath. Now listen carefully. The Sabbath in what we have just read teaches us. Who this commandment was given to. It also teaches us why it was given. It was given for a day of rest. And this Sabbath, we read in the scriptures, this ceremonial covenant, we understand that it was given between God and the Jew. But there's a whole lot more to the fourth commandment than just concerning the Sabbath. And just concerning it to be a day of worship. Go back with me to Exodus chapter 20 and look with me, if you will, please, in verse 8 and 9. There's an entirely, a huge more amount of it than just understanding it to be a day of rest and a day of worship. When you go back to Exodus chapter 20 and verse number 8, the Bible says this in verse eight, remember the Sabbath day, the day of rest. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. All right. So we understand that it's about rest, but verse number nine tells us that it's not only about rest, but also the work ethic revolves completely around the Sabbath day. Verse nine, six days shall thy labor. And do all thy work. So this commandment does not only revolve around the idea of rest. But the importance of work as well. And the same Bible that commands rest also commands work. Now I want you to think about that just for a moment. The truth of the matter is this. That if we are well in body and at the physical age of being able to work. There is a biblical principle that we ought to adhere to and that is work. God's word teaches us that it is something that we must all do. Everywhere you look today, it doesn't matter where, there are people who are only looking for a free ride in this society. And if people can get something for nothing, believe me, they'll take it. What strong in body and sound in mind person would not just want to lay around the house and loaf all day and wait for the mailman to keep dropping off checks? Think about it. There is a biblical principle in this thing of work. Work is something that was established by God way back in the Garden of Eden. And the idea of redistributing the wealth to loafers is against the Bible. Hello. I told you before it wasn't politically correct. Now listen carefully. I'm not talking about not helping the feeble poor and weak in mind. That's not what I'm in reference to at all. In fact, the Bible tells us that we ought to do everything we can to involve ourselves. In that aspect. In fact, I want you to see that scripture. Mark chapter 14 verse 7. I'm going to give you some very quickly. Because I have to move fast. And you may want to reference the screen. But in Mark 14 7. The Bible says. For ye have the poor with you always. And whensoever ye will. Ye may do them good. But me ye have not always. And so if we are at the age and body and health to work according to the word of God, that's what he requires and that's what he, re- he expects. And then let me give you this in 2 Thessalonians verse 3, chapter 3, verse 10. And this is imperative that you see this particular verse. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, this passage of scripture reinforces what God declared to Adam and Eve way back in the Garden of Eden. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. The Bible says, For even when we were with you this, we commanded you that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Now you think about it. We're living in a country that has gone insane with this free ride mentality. One of the biggest divisions that we have in this country today is that some believe you do not have to work to eat. The other half feels like they work all the time and have absolutely nothing to show for it. The other day, me and my wife were out and we were making a visit and we came. We had to stop in the gas station. It broke my heart. I, couldn't, I mean, I really get moved by this. We pulled up to the gas station. I pulled beside this elderly man. He was in this, uh, this car was so dilapidated. I mean, paint was literally rusting and peeling off of it. It looked like he had all kinds of debris and objects and gadgets piled up from the floorboard all the way around him. And he had, I looked over there and I saw him with a handful of lottery tickets. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, what could this poor man do with the money? That he He has has just spent on his lottery tickets. You you know me. You play it all day long if you want to. But for me, I can't do it. Every time I think about the lottery, I think about the wrong place. I walked in 7-Eleven not too long ago. and got a cup of coffee. There was a bunch of senior people standing there. At the counter. And they were all. Fine I stand there with a cup of coffee. And I'm just waiting I'm just, you know, you can do that for so long. You get you get a little anxious. You won't get out of there. Oh, you got is a cup of coffee. These people huddled all over this thing, scratching tickets, looking at each. And one elderly lady turned around me and she said, Sir, would you like to get in front of us? Would you, would you like, like to buy your ticket? ticket? I said, No ma'am, I'm gonna fix it. <laughs> about that you think about it just for a minute and let's learn something this morning that the fourth commandment not only deals with the sabbath not only dealing with a day of rest a particular day of worship but it deals with labor working as well and god has arranged for us to have both of those things rest and labor rest and work in our lives It's good that on the Lord's day we assemble to worship. That's what the New Testament teaches. And then it's good that on this day, the Lord's day, that we take time to rest our bodies. Every one of us, I don't care who you are, how old you are, how young you are, every single one of us need at times to rest our bodies. Even Jesus himself, the Bible says, resorted to a solidary place. And when you refresh your body, you can better renew your spirit. There's no doubt about that. You know, some of us are willing to admit, I for one, we do not go around life all the time, 24-7 singing, we're marching to Zion. We don't go around all the time singing, dwelling in Beulah land. I'm telling you, sometimes we get tired. And we get weary. We get broke down. I'm one of those. I've recently surrendered to the fact that now my body needs rest. And I love to come and worship on the Lord's day. But how? My body needs rest after I leave church. I don't know how you feel sometimes when I preach a message with unction. I feel like I played a tackle football game. My body's weary from it. Jesus taught us over and over and over in the Word. The importance of rest. I think that's partly why he allowed the Holy Spirit to insert in the Word of God. Be still and know that I am God. And they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You think about it. In closing, let me say this again, that the word Sabbath means rest. The Old Testament Sabbath or the Old Testament rest is the New Testament picture of Jesus. You say, I never saw that. I I don't know what you're talking about. Look with me, if you will, at Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Every one of you that have been saved more than three years ought to know this verse by memory. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. I'm telling you that the Old Testament Sabbath, the Old Testament day of rest, is a picture of the New Testament Jesus. In Matthew twenty eleven verse 28, the Bible says this Jesus is speaking, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you Sabbath. I will give you rest. Jesus is saying, come unto me, and I am going to give you Sabbath. And listen carefully. You can still keep the Sabbath. And not just on Saturdays, but friend, you can keep the Sabbath every single day of the week if you want to. 365 days of the year. And the way that you can do that is by constantly resting in Jesus. Constantly resting in his Sabbath. You can have it. Every day of the week, somebody, say amen. And when you do that, what you're doing is this. You are resting from your own works when you rest in him, when you rest in his Sabbath, when you rest in the Lord Jesus Christ, then you are resting from your own personal work And you are resting, Sabbathing. You are resting in his finished work on the cross. The problem with a lot of so-called Christians today is this. They've not learned how to rest to Sabbath in Jesus. A person will never know the real joy until they've learned how to cast all their care upon him. You listen to Pastor Tony Kahoot. For more information, visit our website at bufordroadbaptistchurch.com. Road Baptist